Hi, this is a quick intro to episode 149, and today is Tuesday, November 29th, 2016. And today is a very important day for me because, for two reasons. One, it's the fifth year anniversary, the death of great Patrice O'Neill, and I've had issues with him, and last time I saw him, we got in a big fight. But I, I gotta emphasize enough if you don't know who he is, and if you love stand up comedy, you have to watch everything Patrice has done. Not only was he a, a hilarious comedian, he really is a giant. Because he's a talented guy with incredible point of view. And I really miss the guy. So please check out um, special, his special by HBO and produced by Jonathan Branstein, Elephant in the Room. Uh, it's a great, great special. And it's probably one of the best things I've seen in the last 20 years in stand up comedy. So if you want to learn a thing or two about honesty and truth, please check out Patrice O'Neill. And number two, today is the birthday of Gary Shandling and he passed away earlier in the year I believe sometime in March of 2016 and um, unlike most comedians not only Gary is a funny person but he really was fully formed person who spent every day trying to make himself a better person and the world a better place and uh, he was a very gentle and a sweet person um, he's right he was just like Mitch Hedberg in that respect. They're both childlike and intelligent, and they just brought so much uh, wonder to the world. So I really, really miss the guy, and I really have to thank Russell Peters for all the time he was teaching me about boxing, because that one and only one time I had a chance to talk with uh, Mr. Chandlin at Comedy Magic Club. I had a great conversation about boxing, and uh, uh, it, it's one of the happiest moments of my life to do that. So. Um, if you're not familiar with his work, please check out Gary Shandling's work. Um, so those are the two reasons. And today's episode is very strange because it's the first and only episode where I'll be talking by myself, no guest. And I don't know how Bill Burr does it, but I hope I do it really quickly because um, some of the stuff is very unpleasant. Some of the stuff has been bothering me for a long time, but I just want to get this shit done with. So... And if you haven't been really following me uh, with my podcast career, if there is such a thing, uh, it probably doesn't make any sense, and I probably don't recommend you listen to it. But for those of you who's been following me of all the podcasts, and especially during the KGB and DVDSA uh, shenanigan, I think some of the things that I say might make sense to you. Um, that's it. And I'd like to thank following people for been very supportive since I lost my job in February of 2012. Um, my roommate, a guy who never complained and been supportive, and his family's been very uh, helpful to me, and uh, I would have been homeless without him. Randy Puga, uh, my friend Jason Buck, John Wundis, and all the Patton family, and especially Fred, Lars, and Lao Jihan's been very supportive of me. My friend Rosie Tran, I don't know what to say. I'm a very difficult person, and she was always there for me. And Stan Chan, who is not only like a friend, but who's also treated me like a family member and somebody I look up to. Uh, and what an incredible guy, a great father, um, a husband, a friend. And he juggled all that with all the responsibility with stand-up comedy and being a pilot for FedEx. So I'd like to thank Stan uh, and, of course, my friend um, Jay Kurtzman. Uh, Kurt, Kurtzman's been very helpful to me and um, just been just very understanding and very few people who understand me. And if I haven't say already, uh, Russell Peters. Russell's been just a tremendous friend and somebody I look up to. And... Money has never corrupt this guy. He's always been the same guy, always care about others, go out of his way to help people. And uh, um, here's someone who took fame, money, power, and then he never let it corrupt him. And uh, tremendous. I mean, his brother and his mother, uh, unfortunately, never met Francis' father, but I mean, they, they're just uh, super, super great people. So I'm sorry if I forget to mention others, but. Um, uh, thank you, and uh, enjoy this second-to-last penultimate episode of Yoshi Den. Um, that's it. Thanks. You're listening to Podcast with Yoshi Obayashi.
All right, folks. Um, like I said in the intro, um, it's going to be long-winded, and sometimes maybe some of the things won't make any sense to you. So bear with me. Um, basically, I'm summarizing some of the things that happened last five years. But underneath it, something that I didn't really want to work on for the last over 40 years, close to 40 years, I guess. So um, for those of you who f follow some of the podcasts I've done, the first thing I've ever done was called KGB, Korean Guns Bad. And I didn't even know what the fuck podcast was until David Cho, it's his podcast, explained to me what it was. And I guess it really meant a lot for him, and this is something he wanted to do. So, you know, when I help him, um, and I think that was my one of many mistakes I made in my life. So I don't know which particular episode KGB, but uh, as usual, he has a strong personality, and I can be difficult too. But basically, David Cho was trying to force help on me. And let me tell you something. Um, I've never gone to therapy, but you can't force help on anyone. You can't force anything, period. You have to respect people's decision. And he's not one of those. Uh, Time after time, uh, while you're listening to this particular episode, you're going to learn that Dave doesn't give a shit. Only thing he wants out of his life is what he wants. It's irrelevant what you want. So we're going to fight again. And it's right after one of the episodes that we did in KGB. We're in the warehouse, in the middle of the warehouse. And um, he was just harassing me about getting help and, and, and doing things that he wanted me to do. And I, and, and I finally told him, I value personal decisions. Even if it's a bad decision, I want to make them. And I told them when I was 12, living in Bremerton, Washington, I was abused by my uncle. Um, you know, I, I was just a kid. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. My mother left us with my aunt. She was very codependent to this guy. And I was terrified, didn't know what to do. I told uh, Dave that, um, you know, I made decisions in life because sometimes good or sometimes bad, but I did the best I can in the situation I was at, you know. So I had to think about my brother. I couldn't go to the police because we were illegal aliens. What exactly my mother was doing at the time, I'm not sure. She was living in Japan. My aunt spoke Korean, poor, poor English. I only spoke Japanese little or no English. Uh, it was a very tenuous situation. I didn't know what to do. Um, talking to my brother indirectly, I couldn't infer that nothing happened to him. And now that I'm 47 years and work in the sex business, if you're going to do something like that, it's a smart move. As long as he knows that I need to protect my brother, um, he knows that um, I was trapped and I couldn't really do anything. So I told Dave, like, look, you don't know what that feels like to make that kind of decision when you're 12. I made them. I got a vexectomy because abuse children grow up to be an abuser. I don't want to have a kid uh, taking a chance of abusing someone. And thank God I have never done that. Um, so that's that. I told him, please stop harassing me of getting help. Please stop help harassing me about getting a girlfriend. Uh, it's not in his fucking business. And if I want to get help, it's something that I have to make a decision for. I thought, we're going to ask fucking man once he agreed to it. And the whole time he was looking on the floor because one of the few times he felt shame or looked like or acting like he was shame. So anyway, I thought that was the end of it, that he could respect my decision. Um, so we had a... He was trying to make me do a dating show knowing that um, I told him personal things like there's a several times while I was sleeping, you know, I call it nightmare. You guys might have a fancy word called PTSD, but I ended up hitting my girlfriend at the time. And um, I didn't, didn't want to fucking do that. You know, I didn't want to hit someone or have to explain myself. And growing up, my roommates, family members laugh because I would talk or scream in my sleep. Uh, or youth hostel roommate. You know, I don't fucking need someone sleeping next to me. It doesn't have all the time. But I have enough time that I, it, it just, I don't want to deal with it. It, it, it. I'm okay with being by myself. 
and I already have a reputation beating my stepmother. I don't need to hit another person. So, so the fact that they know my situation and trying to make me a, do a dating fucking show because he think it's funny, telling everybody that how much of a loser I am because Yoshi does everlasting single, whatever the fucking thing he was saying. He knows my backstory, but he's a fucking cheap shot artist. This sadistic fuck, you know, this is what he does. Always telling me to be a team player, telling his fan base that I'm not a team player, knowing how many times he has disappointed me, not keeping his word, told Jim Norton to do the show and get a painting. He never followed through that. Um, he's not a team player. He, he, he told me to do his show, the KGB, without getting paid. It meant something for him, so I canceled three weekends of comedy shows, and this motherfucker goes off to Vegas, and I told him, like, look, I know things happen in life, uh, but you got to respect people's time, and I canceled three shows for you. You know what his response was? Oh, you just have a problem with my issue with me having money. I have no issue with him having money. I have issue with his disrespect, not respecting others' time, and have the nerve to fucking tell me team player when he has time after time showing me he's not a team player unless the team is called David Cho, and that is the only time he's a fucking team player. Um, I didn't appreciate him spying on me because at the time, my co-host, Lalit, she was telling me this motherfucker was spying on me, asking me my ex-girlfriend um, who I was dating, this and that. I thought we agreed that we're, gonna, we're not going to do the dating show. I thought we agreed that he's going to leave me alone with that shit. He was fucking spying on me. Just imagine you scumbag fan of David Cho that if I was spying on him, how, how do you think he's going to respond to that, huh? How would he respond to that? Um, uh, let me tell you something. Not, not good. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I didn't appreciate him spying on me. Um, so that particular episode in DVDSA, he was mad I was quiet because because he was asking my, ex, my ex-girlfriend, I thought he literally found her and brought her in and they're going to be a special guest on the show, all right? I, 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 that's why I didn't talk because he had enough time, resource, maliciousness to do something like that, okay? Second of all, he always put himself setting example for everyone that he'll bring his girlfriend and 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 uh, she could say whatever. Let me tell you something. We had dinner after that show, me, Asa, and maybe a couple other people. Dave, his dumb girlfriend, and believe me, just about every one of his girlfriends or ex-girlfriend are dumb. She said, "Well, I didn't want to say things about you mean on the show. You see, they're not going to do that because they're that kind of people." And Dave. You know, this this delusional way of thinking that people are going to be honest with him. He's not, man. They're not going to be honest with the guy. He has so much money that they're going to tolerate his questionable and horrible way of conducting himself. Believe me, I've seen that time after time. So I don't like the fucking de- the, the dating bullshit because there's, there's no way he will face same scrutiny and all his dumb bitches friends were not going to say it. Um, and you know the fact that whole nightmare and PTSD bullshit um, you know he'll he'll get big tickle out of it you know he'll give that twinkle in his pig like eyes because he liked putting people in that situation he liked to toy people's lives and that's what he does always his criticism about me having hookers and shit like that believe me I'm a still man, I still have needs, but I don't, I don't want to end up hitting people, and so what if that's what I decide to do with hookers? You know, I will never be accused of raping someone. I will offer them money, and I know exactly what they will let me do and not do. I will respect them that, 100%, because, you know, this is the way I, 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 I deal with it. Um, and the thing that pissed my brother and uh, upset, and believe me, there's many reasons why he was upset. One of many things was this fucking nonsense about the chip incident. So for those of you who don't know what happened was, Dave had this stupid special bags of Japanese potato chips from Japan, 
And his friend Rody brought it from Japan. And when I saw them, he said, he kind of mocked me and said, hey, you can't have any of it, haha. And he would just kind of get into my face about it. Then he said, I'm joking, you could have one. Well, a couple of days later, I was cleaning the warehouse. I forgot to bring my wallet. And I didn't have any money, I was hungry. I ate the bag and, uh, granted, I got hungry, so I ate a bunch of bags. And when he called me later on looking for a bag of chips, um, I goofed on him because he does things like I ask him not to tell people that I uh, I work for him because because I lost a job because something that he said on a fucking Harvard Stern show. Okay, that was one of the two reasons why I got I lost lost my fucking livelihood because this cunt motherfucker said that to Howard Stern, if you want some DVDs, my friend Yoshi Obayashi, I think something like that, Yoshi Obayashi will burn you some. Uh, anybody who works in a business know that that means pirating, copying shit. He's saying that to the major radio show where a lot of people in porn business listen to that show. And when I heard that, I knew I was fucked because this cunt lip have to say shit without even thinking, you know. And I couldn't defend myself because I had some enemies at Evil Angel where I used to work that give a lot of ammunition. So he said that. And, and, and to his defense, he didn't mean to get me fired. He didn't know. So nine, ten months later, when I was working on DV, uh, going to ready to work on DVS, the day before, I asked Dave, could you please not say I work for you as a janitor? Because I don't have any money. I'm desperate working. I will do whatever I need to make uh, money to... Uh, Take care of myself. I lost the job because you had a lot to do with it, losing it. So p please don't mention that I work for you. He's all right. Following day, within the first 30 seconds of the show, he said, my hilarious, you know, genitalia science, whatever. And he, you know, here's the thing. He, he doesn't give a fuck. He does a lip service. He doesn't give a shit. I'm not the first one to lose a job because this sucker, motherfucker, not the last one. He doesn't give a shit. He was just a lip service. So this is what he does. So here's somebody who doesn't give up my livelihood, always thinks things, toying with the secret. I trusted this guy. So give an opportunity to kind of goof on him because he used to go and break into people's house, steal their fucking food, play with emotion by gaslighting people. I thought I could do that. I talked to two of my roommates, Sam and Joey, who are his childhood friends. We thought it was funny. You know what? He didn't think it was funny. He, 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 got, he went fucking ballistic. Was it surprising to me because anyone who is self-aware behaving that way shouldn't expect that people give him the same courtesy. This is, not, this is not the way he is because he was born this way and he was brought up this way by his mom. You know, she's a nice lady but doesn't have a very good parenting skills at all, in my opinion. Um... So he doesn't give a fuck about fucking with people, but yet you, you even do one hundredth a percent of uh, stuff that he does to me to him. Oh, I'm just unbelievable his this hypocritical reaction to that. I got tired of it, the way he was behaving. I got tired of the people on the on the show. They don't say anything to him because they're a bunch of spineless scumbags. A couple of days later, I I had enough of this asshole treat me this way. I told Bobby Namba that I'm going to quit. He convinced me to take time off. And he, after talking to me, I, I made a decision to take time off. Boy, Dave Chell called and said, if you quit or take time off, I'm not going to Afghanistan and, and support your friend's charity. Okay? You know, just like when I told them my uncle told me, like, don't cause a problem. Um, you might get separated, brother. You know, so I had to take that shit from my uncle, and I got to take this shit from this this guy because whatever difference we, we had, he's going to pull that shit on me. Now, I, I stayed. I stayed all right. I didn't like it. And um, when I originally thought I could quit the show, I quit doing the janitorial work. And then now... If I take any days off, he's not going to go to Afghanistan and do the charity. So I, ha I have to get the job back. And he gave me this fucking lecture like, oh, we had to rehire someone, but I had to fire this guy because of you, you know. And I couldn't say anything. 
I, I couldn't say anything because he he put those girls' life and their opportunity over my head. So that's why I stay. And believe me, believe me, I, 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 it was not a fun situation for me. Um, this this happened when I was not on the show. But let me tell you something about when Cho got in trouble for the whole rape incident. First of all, 100% he didn't do it. You know, he talked a lot of shit. Believe me, he make up sh stories about me, uh, withhold information when I do something good, exaggerate things that I'm supposedly dead. And believe me, 100% he make that shit up. He didn't, he didn't rape anyone. But isn't it interesting that when he was defending himself, that he was being artistic and all that made-up story, even though he always mentioned the virtue of honesty and we're not going to edit the show because we have to be honest on and on. Now, you can't even find any episode of DVD essay on the website. Isn't it interesting how forgiving he is that uh, when he got in trouble for you know, raping somebody, he's very forgiving that he was being artistic, then why couldn't he see that I was goofing on him about the whole chip incident? You know, getting somebody fired, making stuff about them, gaslighting people, stealing their food, doing all kinds of shitty things throughout his life, that, that all of a sudden I'm a fucking liar, that, that I have a witness, two of his childhood friend knows I discussed with him, goofing on him, but he can't see that. There's only one way in this world. There's only one rule for this guy, his way, and none of the rules apply to anyone else. You see, he get all the benefits the doubt, but when others do, little bit, little thing to know him, he, he just fucking loses his mind, you know. So, like I said, um, I think I'm repeating much. Taking time off or quit the show, he's not going to go to Afghanistan and help those girls. These girls, you, you have no idea. There's a problem for women in this country, but you have no idea what it is to be a woman in Afghanistan. And this is a great opportunity for him to help them. Um, how much more money and fame do you really need? How hollow, uh, shallow are you? And he, he put that shit over me. And believe me, eventually, uh, he ended up not help, helping those girls. Um, uh, so, 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 that's, so that's that. Um, and two, you know, he, he got this big lecture about me being not great net, networker and stuff, which is fine. It's, people have a right to have opinion. I thought I did a good job introducing him to many people, including Asa. But there was a man who his manager, Matt Rivelli, the owner of Upper Playground, calls Mr. Big Pants. What do you do for a man, David Chung, what I'm talking about, what do you do for a man who has all the money like that? Um, you know, what can you buy for him? You can't really buy anything that he can't buy himself, you know? So you're trying to buy experience, introduce him to someone who could better him in his life. We've, we found that person. I found that person with me and Jonathan. And what Matt Rivelli calls Mr. Big Pants. That's, his, that's why he calls him. Um, I first contact Matt because his manager. I think this person could do a lot for Matt, uh, uh, Dave. He has more money than, uh, I believe he has more money than Dave. His connection is incredible, unbelievable. I mean, his, you cannot believe the kind of contact this, per, this man has, not to mention uh, in the art world, in politics, economics, and Silicon Valley, in show business, he, he, this guy, ironically, is a giant whale. And I thought I was doing my friend a big favor. So Matt said, this is a great idea. He emailed me. Let's make this happen. Uh, unbeknownst to me, they met uh, without letting me know, and Dave completely fucked me. He went out of the way to humiliate this person, okay? and took all the opportunity this person could have, this guy could have got people out of Afghanistan, sent girls to school. Um, some of the things I'm doing with Illegal Magazine, with people with addicts, introduced me to people who could help them. Um, education for poor kids, you know, in science, all that. He, he, he just fucked me, fucked Jonathan, and, and, and humiliated this guy, and nerved this motherfucker to email me and say, I fucked up. Because I tried to force him to meet this person. Excuse me. I didn't try to force him to meet anyone. 
I emailed his manager, manager checking the guy's background, okay then. Afterwards, if Dave doesn't want to meet him, then no sweat, that's fine. Where is the force? When, 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 when did I ever been a forcing anything to anyone? I don't believe that. All he have to say is simply that he didn't want to meet this person, that's it. I talked to Bobby now, but Bobby told me that Dave didn't like for whatever reason this person and decided to humiliate this guy. Now he gave me a lecture about me being a terrible networker, but if I if I introduce you to someone, you go out of the way to humiliate that person, embarrass them, and they found this god awful thing that could embarrass this person, influential person. Matt has personally sent me those videos. I don't know where I did what I don't know what the fuck I did so wrong. I, I really don't know where I did wrong. And Matt is such a hypocritical scumbag that he's such a fucking lapdog for Dave. Even though he sent me email agreeing that this is a good idea, once things go back, he throw me on the bus and tell me how stupid I was. I, I fucked up. And Dave said I tried to force him. None of these things are fucking true. He, he took opportunities. And these, these are desperate people that need someone like that. He completely, uh, because he's a malicious guy, fucked this gentleman and all the people could have been benefited from it. That, my friends, is the kind of person Dave is. That is the kind of person I have to deal in the background with all the people attacking me. And believe me, I'm used to that. What I, what I got under my skin was how much bother my brother was by things that Bobby Lee supposedly said, Dave said. They have a numerous occasion me, said to me that he was very happy that to help me, to help my brother. Believe me when I say this, every one of the things he trying to do, opposite effect, he made things miserable for me and upset my brother. That's what bothers me the most, upsetting my brother. My brother has not done anything to this guy. And Matt, bullshitter that he is, Mr. Upper Playground, shit business, said he got a big fight because this Mr. Big Pants was upset, realized what happened to him. He was bamboozled by Dave with all the ridiculous things that Dave did for artistic reason that he didn't want that shit released in, in the internet. And they got in big fight with Matt. Matt. Matt was so angry that he was going to go to the airport, beat the shit out of him. Believe me when I say this, only women threaten people. Either you do it, you don't do it. Don't give me this lecture of what you're going to do. You're talking to a wrong fucking guy. When I'm when I, when I going to do shit like that, I don't, I don't say what I'm going to do, what I'm not going to do. I just go and fucking do it. So this guy was telling me, he called this person who offered friendship and opportunity faggot multiple times. Well, where did it go, Mr. San Francisco businessman? That, that you know, you wrong someone, you're a lapdog for Dave, you, you mistreated someone, because you're a spineless scumbag, and this is what you guys do. This is how you offer friendship. Enough with that fucking fake threats, right? You, you, you're doing it to a wrong fucking person. And anyone who knows from previous episodes, you know, Dave eventually showed up in Afghanistan. Uh, when he fired me, he said, since you're not doing the dating show, since um, you don't do the things I tell you, I'm not gonna go to Afghanistan to help your friends and help those girls. Fair enough. A day after I leave Afghanistan, a weasel that he is, he showed up in Afghanistan, used my contact, promote himself, but didn't do any of the charities, because, you know, he's, he, you know, the guy, that's that's who he is. All that bullshit thing that he writes in his Instagram and trying to be artistic and spiritually clean person, he's not. He's just a manipulator. That's what he does. And people are so desperate, they need a messiah. But let me tell you something, he's not a messiah. Mrs. Cho is a nice person, but I mean, he is a goddamn awful person. And, um, you know, he, uh, he used his, my contact to promote his narrative, you know. He didn't go there out of generosity because he didn't help any of those girls. You know, when Mark Zuckerberg said he worked $1 a year, he's not being generous because he has a lot of fucking stocks. It, it is to give, send message everyone else to work harder. And who benefit most from that? Mark Zuckerberg. So when Dave does this narrative with going to Afghanistan and put his story and pictures in, 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 in magazines like Juxtapose, it helps, in, helps him, you know. 
it helps him in street art world that he's an edgy lifestyle. So he didn't help help those people. He used my contact without helping those people. And this is how he does things, dude. This is how he loses friends. And this is how um, he fucks people over. And it doesn't bother. And all those spineless people he surrounded himself, you know, when he got in trouble with the rape thing, one of the disadvantages of having a group of people afraid to say anything to you is that they don't say anything when you're doing something wrong, okay? Um, he had manager, audio engineer, and bodyguard, among others, in the show, and he's going, my mouth raping people, right? Uh, I'm sorry, I'm thirsty. If you're going around mouth raping people, if you did it, you fucking deserve to go in prison. If you didn't do it, people on the show need to say like, Dave, you shouldn't be saying that stuff. If, especially if you're a bodyguard, you should be thinking ahead and say, it's not putting my client in a vintage situation. What happens if somebody else accuse them falsely, they're raping them, but they're not gonna say it because either they're spineless or they're too stupid to know it. If they're stupid, Obviously, they're not going to say anything, but if they knew that he shouldn't be saying, they didn't say they're, they're cowards. And the only thing that group I ever think about is they were interests, and they don't look after him. That's what I come down to. Only Asa is the one who says something. And that's that, that's that um, irony of the whole thing, that here's someone who, who, um, who claimed to be uh, what's the word? Who claimed to be a whore? She's not. She just plays one in the fucking porn, and and um, she's the only one who says something to him um, about you shouldn't be saying that kind of stuff. And that's the thing. If I was on the show, you know, goddamn, I will fight because in KGB he will say something that incriminating, and I have to fight with Harry Kim to take that shit out of there. That's what you're supposed to do, assuming that you're friend with someone, but. They're not going to do that shit, man. I mean, let's be honest. As a group, the people that I'm sure they're nice people, but as a group, they're fucking nitwit and they don't have anything to say, and they're afraid to say anything. Um. So. Oh, and and, uh, and let me give you. Um, um. Sorry, I'm going all over the place. Um. This is. Uh, let me tell you about his mo of Dave. I remember this is the kind of things I had to do time after time. One time, uh, Dave went off on me because I supposedly cop block uh, Kurtzman one time, right? Uh, some girl was thinking about staying in his house, and and I said jokingly, like some girl, that, oh, that's a good idea. He's going to come over like uh, uh, Hannibal Lecter from Silence Line and reach over and bite your fucking face off. I was joking. And she decided to live there, and he went off on me. Later on, I find out, talking to Joey, that it didn't bother him, and he said that I didn't cock block them. However, there was a time when Joey was talking to two or three East Indian girls out of blue. I don't know why he would say that. They went up and told those girls, like, hey, by the way, Joey hasn't worked in two years. East Indian girls are very nice girls, but conservative why would they want to hang out with a guy who hasn't worked for two years he completely cock blocked joey and joey said what yoshi said didn't bother me but what you say dave bothered me you know what dave said unlike being a reasonable person who usually apologize for something like that he goes oh come on man you don't like easty and girl i did you a fucking favor so here's the thing when he fucks you and if you're a friend with him he won't fuck you over uh, he'll say, I'm doing you a fucking favor, just like the one one of the first time I saw his mother, Mrs. Cho, in front of her three sons, Yoshi, my favorite son's Dave, and she started cackling. And I laughed because I thought she was joking, but you should have seen the two other sons' reaction. Numb, they're used to it. And believe me, I don't have a kid. I don't know how, how to be a nutrient, but I just don't think that's a good parenting. And... That's how obtuse Dave and his mother are when they hurt people. Either they don't notice it, most likely in the case of Dave, doesn't give a fuck even if he did. They're the type of people driving a car, parallel parking, hit someone when they're trying to park, get angry because you dent and bloody their, their bumper of their car, you know. Time after time, this is how he fucking treat you. It's like Chinese water torture with this guy.
Um, when he told me to do a fucking clean show, look, I, I, I'm not saying I'm an expert in comedy, but you got to understand, I wasn't doing stand-up comedy for having careers. I could have gone to Tonight Show. My friend said, even though I fucked up, it's okay, I'll put you in Tonight Show. I didn't, I didn't do stand-up to get a career. I had a job until that idiot opened his mouth on Howard Stern Show. I, I do it for a coping mechanism. I have people complain, other comedians, like, why do I have to be so dark? Because it's the only way I could cope with my problems. I got tired of kick, getting kicked out of speech class like Toastmaster and things like that. Or when I went to school, I would say ridiculous dark stuff in the class because that's the only way I could deal with it because there was no one in the family will have that conversation with me or give a fuck a listening. So what do you do? You go, you go elsewhere because that's the only, you, you go places where people are going to listen to you. And there's two people in my life who went out of their way to milk you feel like shit. Make sure that what you have to say is worthless is my mother and Dave. I mean, they're, I mean, it's just shocking they're not related. They're almost identi identical, really. Um, so that's what I did. I wasn't for career. And if you guys had a better way to deal with it, good for you. But I did the best I can in those situations. Um, there's a thing called Dunning-Kruger effect. It's an effect where people who know the least about stuff in life have the most opinions. People who know the most are, are so thoughtful and skeptical that they don't express. It's usually who, the idiot who is the loudest in the room get the most attention. Well, uh, you could also call it Trump effect, but that's what Dave is. I, I never met someone who knows so little about so many little, so many things that he doesn't know. I just make shit up, man. I just, I just got sick of his cunt lips moving, and you know, and it doesn't take a whole lot to figure out that you could usually figure know when he's bullshitting. Usually because whenever his fucking lips are moving, now he think he's honest, but believe me, for artists, I guess you could say that, but among comedians, when you hang out in places like Comedy Cellar, they'll they'll notice his bullshitting right away. His he really is a con artist. He learned that from his mother. One of the few times I had a conversation with his mom, within a few minutes I know she really doesn't know anything about her religion. You know, why pretend to make this performance in public saying God this and God that if you know so little about it? It's the same reason I don't like many women in my family. Why pretend to know something? If you don't know what it is, how could you live by it? If you can't live by it, you can be example by it. You shouldn't be giving lecture about how to live a righteous life when you don't even know what that is. She's a nice lady, but if if living a righteous life and good life and raising decent human beings, she fell completely because two out of her three sons are miserable, despicable bastards. Um, you know, nice lady, but honest to God, I mean... Thank God that you're clueless and you don't know how your sons behave. And, he, and his enablers? Enablers are the peop, type of people who hold those goofy carnival mirrors. And Dave is like this fat, disgusting person looking at the mirror hole by the enabler, thinking that he's skinny and good shape. But he's, he, the guy's a fucking pig. And, you know... Going through what I did as a kid, cold, a rapist, I, I just absolutely think it's the worst thing. And I've told this in previous episodes. When I took a bunch of porn to Canada, uh, there uh, doesn't have any stamp. There are check desk. It's a f uh, one stop before being made a final product. You have to check, make sure everything works. I had hundreds of those. And it, it was a time when Michael Jackson got in trouble for accusation of child rape, child molestation. I wrote all these child porn titles. And going up to Canada, they pulled me a lineup. Because they sold those list of child porn titles with uh, DVDs with porn, believe me, they thought I was a you know, child molester or somebody who had a bunch of child porn. I don't even like kids. Um, you know, to me, that's the worst thing you could ever be called, you know. So... For him to behave that way and surround him with a bunch of idiots, you know, 
the last time he contacted me was on the Twitter account. I defended Dave because he's many things uh, a sexual rapist. He's not. He would never do that. And he had one of his tell me to tell me, that, hey, fuckface, stop talking about that shit in Twitter account. I complied. Never mind that these guys have no issue making stuff about me, saying bullshit about me, hurting my brother's feeling by saying all this nonsense, withholding information, and behaving the way he did, and all the things I have previously mentioned in this podcast. No, he feels as though he had the right to say stuff like that, you know. Um, he, 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 uh, he just don't understand why he shouldn't be toying with people's lives. And he has called me sociopath and worse. And may maybe I am. Maybe I am. And repeat, he's not a sexual rapist, but I call Dave a classic rapist. Uh, not sexual, but he liked to toy with people's lives, throw them under the buses, and for his amusement, he violates them. Um, no tr secret is safe with this guy. And a couple of his closest friends, they will tell you privately that he will use it against you. He thinks he's amusing, you know. He, he, he really is, if you're a fan of Game of Thrones, Korean King Jeffrey, you know. I think if I have to generalize after my experience hanging out a bunch of artists, this is what I think about a lot of them. Artists are in general are... Historically, if you, and when I say artists, I'm talking about writers and creative types. Uh, in my opinion, historically, they are truly a ugly groups of people. They have to create beauty as a misdirection so that the whole world don't see for who, what, who and what they are. Just uh, terrible people. You know, Epson, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright, Picasso, uh, incredible genius and create beautiful things. Terrible human beings. Absolutely terrible human beings, but people tolerate because we live in a world, if you're productive, the bigger the talent, bigger the genius, they to tolerate horrible personal behaviors. And Dave, cliche, none other, you know. Um, and I've said this before too, it's one of my pet theories. People who are in perfection business like they in my opinion, has done more harm to the world. I'm a comedian. We're in the business of imperfection. Imperfection is what makes people people. Why do people like babies? They got big head. They shit on themselves. They're helpless. But there's something vulnerable and sweet about them. People who are ugly, imperfect, who pretend like they're perfect, they, they create all kinds of problems for the world. No surprise during World War II at all. You have Joseph Stalin. His mother wanted to be a, a priest. What is more perfect than in the business of God? Chairman Mao wanted to be a poet. What's more perfect than in the business of perfecting language to present a world with language? Um, Adolf Hitler wanted to be an artist. Uh, what's more perfection than people who create this visual to create you know, perfect images of beauty and things like that. These kinds of people brought this darkness throughout the world. It's 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 not the perfection business, folks. It's the imperfection business. People who live with their imperfection and trying to better themselves and a world a better place. You know, it, it sounds corny, but I believe in that. I I met so many of these fake perfectionist people in Hollywood and sports business and on and on, so on and so forth. Once you meet them, they just make me fucking sick. Um, so when Dave had that show, it's like his version of Westworld, if you've been watching that show on HBO. Um, except Cho, in his downtown warehouse, what I used to call Little Pyongyang, he's making his version of Westworld. Uh, you could call it Eastworld. That warehouse, uh, just... The way he behaved, the way he was treating people, the way this shameless people he surrounded himself and say everything's okay, and he's feeling sorry for himself, the way he treat people, it just, I, I just, I just, I just cannot believe them, you know. There are some good people, but for most part, 
me and Joey agree. It's just fucking sickening. And the guy is a fucking cliche. And finally, um, this, have, this probably has nothing to do with day, but um, it took me a long time to even realize this. In 1983, to protect my brother and my friend's younger brother, Lars, somebody was been harassing and bothering my friends at the Starter Sea Catholic School. I'm not going to get into it, I already talked about it, but it's almost like a Game of Thrones setup where the kid who was harassing them, I beat the living shit out of him, and he was fighting for his life. Uh, sh- uh, I don't know how much time afterwards, his mother, this kid's mother eventually found me, um, threatened me with a crowbar, asking well, what was my name, and I told him, Mickey Mouse. You know, just, I didn't give a fuck. I just feel like when people cross that line, whether verbal or emotionally or physically, I fucking retaliate them. Anybody who I've been loyal to treat me that way, I don't take it very well. And people who usually have problem with me are people who has need to control themselves because they can't control themselves. Whether the people at the Evil Angel or Dave, once they behave in a way that I don't respect them, I don't, I don't take order from those people. Or at least I don't take the order very well. And... Um, that's how I've been. That's how I always will be. And um, a guy like Russell Peters of the world and Kurtzman, who live by, they have principles, and they don't expect you to do anything they don't do themselves. Those kinds of people I could follow. But Evil Angel and Dave, absolutely not. No, sir. That will never happen. Um, so anyway, that beat down at that Catholic school was in 83. I didn't make a connection until recently. 20 years later, 2003, during the summer, I beat up my stepmother. I know a lot of people don't agree with my method, but once again, once they cross the line, I don't make threads. Anybody who knows that knows that. Not David Cho, who was so mad that he was going to hit me with a mic if I, I was misbehaving. Why don't you look at yourself in the mirror, how you've been behaving? Oh, Matt Rivera threatened that guy. I don't, I don't do that. Just like Nike, just do it. You know, don't just don't bullshit me by your phantom threads that I'm supposed to be taking it fucking seriously. Um, so now that you guys know a little about me, and believe me, there's tons of other stuff, and you know, I don't want to keep bothering you guys with what I, what was my experience with that show. But now that you know a little bit about me, you guys have heard me from Ari Shapiro's podcast and on. I didn't appreciate Evil Angel um, allowing young children to hang out with Evil Angel. I'm not talking 16 or 17 years old. They're st- that age is still young. They should be hanging out there. But we're talking about 6 and 8, 9 and 10. A vast majority of John Stanley and his wife, Kit, their daughter was there from day one. I... I, I I understand you want to take your daughter to work day kind of thing, but there's places like porn company or strip club, you don't take your kids. Just like if I work in nuclear, nuclear plant Japan, I'm not going to bring my fucking kid to a nuclear plant. You just don't do that. And <clears throat> I didn't appreciate when I'm working and watching porn. The porn company, I'm not doing anything wrong. Have their daughter watching me watch porn. Not cool. I don't, I don't, I don't like that, especially because of my background. I don't appreciate that, and I don't appreciate when I found underage girl who used a fake ID. That once I found it, we need to stop selling those products. That's not cool. I went to two general managers. They don't give a shit. I went to John Stallion, the owner. He said, "Don't worry about it." I didn't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate my name attached to a product with underage kids there, knowing my background. Um, I, I did the best I can. I complained to Human Resource how many times? That stupid Gloria bitch, she didn't do anything about it. Christian man, the GM at the time, didn't do anything. The current CFO, Adam Glason, I told his wife because she was working there at times. She is either a supervisor or uh, social work or child psychology. I asked her, what do you think about the child running around Evil Angel? She said, that's weird. It's not 
weird. It's fucking weird. These people that always tell me that I'm misbehaving or saying inappropriate thing. Why don't you guys do your job and keep people like that away and keep underage kids from the movie? Staliana even had a movie with underage kid. She he stopped selling this movie, but you know what? People trust Evil Angel. They don't want to buy product with underage kids, you know. And that's that's what I'm saying. John Saliano, aka Batman, doesn't understand that when he doesn't fire, people are dishonest. And believe me, after they accuse me of something at the Evil Angel, people accuse me. Not only were they wrong to make those accusations, I have proofs to prove that they were lying. John did not do anything, then fire them. And it's called um, moral hazards. Um, uh, for example, in Wall Street, if Wall Street knows that uh, if you make a risky bet and they lose a lot of money to hurt economy and rest of the country, if they know for a fact that U.S. government is going to bail out, then they don't give a fuck. They don't have a consequences. So they're going to take risks like that. And time after time, we bail them out. Well, if you have a bunch of people being dishonest or shady way operating their business as, as the management for Evil Angel, when John doesn't fire them, well, he created an environment to let those people thrive. He let people who are loyal to him fired. And this, this is the kind of shit I, I didn't appreciate. One of the best, jo the best job I ever had was R&R &R Adult Toys. I didn't like the owners, but my friend Jamico Williams, he was honest, he protected us, he was always fair. He made the rules clear and treated everybody fair. And if you did wrong, you face the consequences. I don't ask favors. I'm just saying, if they want me to do the job, then you guys need to do your fucking job, and they didn't do that. I didn't. I, I complained about that girl hanging at the Evil Angel. They didn't do anything, and she accidentally. I don't know. Maybe subconscious, she didn't prove it. But her daughter took a porn to school. I was so angry that not only none of the management took care of this girl, but the their parents at Evil Angel. You don't give a fuck about your daughter. You don't fuck about me, you know, putting my name in a product with underage kids. But how dare you allow your daughter to take porn? Other kids, it's not fair to them and their parents to be exposed to pornography. And it's not even fair to their daughter. Why? I, I, I just, I don't get it, man. I, I, I didn't get how they could do all kinds of terrible things but they have an issue with me, why don't you look at yourselves in the mirror and see the things that you did wrong? Why don't you correct that? Then turn around and tell me what I'm doing is wrong. I hate, I hated it. Nobody didn't do anything. Maybe one other person complained to management after realizing that they could be liable for it, but they didn't do shit. They didn't do shit. And when they were giving me opportunity because Dave said something, and later on I find that they made up all kinds of other reasons to fire me, John, not a loyal guy. I worked for that guy six years of getting overtime. You know, he talks about being libertarian. And it's not right to take money away from people by force. Well, you could take money from people w without a force, not paying them. You know, that's how they did it, man. That's how they did the fucking business. Um, and having my name in an underage movie, I didn't appreciate that. I didn't appreciate. Gloria, the human resource person, told me to go to my supervisor's room. She had a surprise for me. I went down there. Sarah, my former supervisor, her two daughters are there hiding behind the door, and two girls are attacking me. I got bitten by two young girls, six and eight, six and nine, whatever. They're very young. I have young children's saliva on my arms. And uh, and don't think I'm a, uh, paranoid because that company was sued by federal government, had FBI in the van, in the parking lot, you know, fucking spy, taking pictures and stuff. Can you imagine if I got arrested because of the negligence by that company? Last thing I need is have my name in a fucking DVD with underage kids and two, have young girls saliva on my arms, all right? That's why I, don't, I didn't take them seriously. That's why I didn't respect Christian man. I don't give a fuck. He died two years ago. The guy was a fucking scumbag, and I don't believe in karma. He should have died 40 years ago. Um, people give me lecture about you shouldn't say bad things when people pass away. Well, fuck you. That's not how I deal with scumbag. Need to be told they're scumbag, dead or alive. That's my fucking policy.
Um, and when I lost the job, because Dave had a lot to do with it, he told me I should learn new skill set and get a job. How about, here's an idea. Why don't you shut your fucking cunt lips, mind your own fucking business, and don't get people fired, all right? Why don't you do that? I understand you had a mother with a shitty way of raising you, but how about that? How about mind your own business and don't make misery for others? Um, it wasn't just a job. You know, it's hard for me to sleep at night. It's not, maybe, maybe it is my problem not dealing with it. But I found a job where I could come late when I, because I can't sleep well. When I lost a job, Dave saying stuff like that, it's, it's so infuriating because it was a job where I am with a friend, co-workers, a safe place, make a living for myself, and I could find comfort with my friends. Uh, no matter how much promise I have, at least... Minus that management and ownership, my co-workers were fantastic. And it wasn't just a job. It was a safe place to me to go. And Dave not only took my livelihood, but something that meant a lot to me. And he, he just doesn't give a shit. So all of you motherfuckers that was saying shit, well, good for you. I hate every one of you for hurting my brother, and he was very upset. And Bobby Lee, he has every right to say whatever he said. Um, I don't care, but my brother's upset. I don't know what the fuck he said, but two dozen people, combination of emails, Facebooking, and Twitter account, you know, they're talking shit. And unlike a guy like Randall Park and Dr. Ken, who I respect, you never hear anything bad about those guys. I, I have a lot of respect for them. Bobby Lai for Carlos Mencia, he got beat off Ari Shafir, and there's no ba uh, backlash to Ari. I have a couple friends at Comedy Store and beat the shit out of him. That's the kind of person we're talking here, you know. This two place phony. And I'm glad they're friends with Dave. They're perfect for each other. Um, everyone, all my friends say 100% nice name, but Steve, uh, Lee seemed like a nice guy. I met him once at the comedy uh, not, uh, comedy seller. Seemed like a nice guy. Never heard anything bad about him. Well, I can't say the same thing about Bobby. So, you know, when you hear him say stuff about me, or when you hear by Dave, I hope you take a moment and look and see how many times they have contradict when they talk about stuff about other people. I'm talking about Dave. And just consider the source, the kind of people they are, the people who hurt people and and believe me I don't care for them so anyway I could um, go on and say more shit but you know it's like this election team Clinton team Trump do people believe in things maybe but people take sides and they justify a reason why they're on one side or another so team Dave Congratulations. You're on the side of uh, money and fame. But um, um, no thank you. I, I, I just think the guy is fucking despicable. Um, I like to thank Kurtzman because that one time I had a conversation with Dave, a group meeting. He was the only one who stood by me, told him when Dave was acting wrong, give exactly example to contradict that accusation because vast majority accusation have no merit and in fact he Kurtzman turned around and said Dave is the one who was misbehaving the guy Dave is acting like a child looked down upset and getting mad at Joey for saying the truth and he's you know enablers Rody and Crater were just sitting there looking down, not saying anything, because they know saying anything, that guy won't do anything. So telling him the truth when he's misbehaving doesn't do anything, and they have a self-interest. Connecting with him is a good thing. So believe me, I understand you want to be a friend with him. I can't do fucking shit for you. So that's that. All right, sorry. Um, I hope I didn't bore you. Um, 
I can't remember other stuff, but there was so much others. The guy was on a line and just hurt people. But um, I um, I forgot to mention one other person. Um, my friend Mark Jones, uh, been working comic book with him. And one of the great with working something like Mark is um, not only is he a therapist, but he's a good listener. And I really enjoy talking to him comic book. But either good or bad things that come out of comic, I didn't really care. And I don't need anyone to take my side. He listened to what I have to say. And he was one of the few people I opened up to. He, he wasn't judging. And he, he didn't say anything terrible about Dave and just said that uh, he was sorry uh, what I went through. And that's all I really ever wanted. Uh, ultimately, if I want to make things better for myself, I'll make that decision. But it was really nice of Mark uh, to listen to what I have to say. Um, made it easier for me to finally not talk with anyone. Obviously, I'm just talking to a stupid mic. But, you know, finally, finally did this. And um, believe me, I know I can be very difficult. If I get mad, it's because you did something where I live by those code, and you violated that, or you give me a lecture when you, in fact, you don't, you know, live by it too. I just don't, I did not fucking deal with that very well at all. So, um, anyway, I, I think um, that's it. So once again, uh, Frederick Patton, L.J. Patton, Lars Patton. And of course, my brother, uh, they, they've been there, always there for me. Um, Stan Chan, Karen Chan, who have uh, been supportive. Um, they treat me like a family member. Tom Hempler, uh, Rosette, and their family. Uh, thank you. Um, John Wendis and his mother, Kathy. Thanks. Mark Jones. Um, Russell Peters. I mean, Jesus. I would have been fucked without Russell and his family and their kindness. Congratulations to um, uh, Rosanna and, uh, you know, the marrying Russell. Um, I, I, think, I think that's it. My fucking throat hurts. And I'm mad because Seahawks lost over the weekend this scumbag Tampa Bay and that rapist quarterback. Fuck those guys. Um, thanks. And um, I guess uh, all I could say is uh, this is like second last episode. Uh, hopefully I get to do it with Russell Peters. Maybe I put a bonus episode with my friend D'Amico Williams. Not, there's another person I need to thank, D'Amico, and all the guys from R&R, Adult Toys, Chappelle, and Johnny, and um, uh, Leonard. Um, I want to thank them. And... Uh, Holy fuck, I'm forgetting. God, I'm going to be feel bad. I'm, I'm already forgetting to say thank you. Esther Cole, um, uh, 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 um, Rosie, and... Uh, <laughs> uh, fuck, sorry. Whoever you are, I'm sorry I forgot your name, but thanks for listening. Um, um, the bonus episodes, maybe I'll do what you make when I'm in Seattle, but uh, that's it. Uh, the final episode will be with uh, Russell Peters. Uh, I want to do it with Russell because I want to end with uh, I want to end with uh, good note, happiness, and joy, and I want to thank. Uh, oh, I forgot Susan Cho and Hyung Cho. In fact, November 29th today is also Hyung's birthday, so happy birthday, Hyung! Um, fuck. That's it, and uh, thanks everyone, and. Go Husky and uh, one more person. I forgot. Thanks, Dave Johnson, who treated me like a son. And uh, thanks, Dave. Um, thank you, everyone. And good night.
rape me rape me